Hello, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Travis. This is Oscar Mike Radio number 215. And today, if you're watching this, it's November 12th, and I have a special Veterans Day uh, show or Remembrance Day. We're going to talk about that because I'm pleased to be joined with Kev or Kevin, he prefers Kev, <laughs> Breen, who's officially my first foreign veteran guest in Oscar Mike Radio from the United Kingdom. Kev, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you so much. No, no, thank you for having me. It's, um, it's always good to talk to a fellow vet and especially uh, on a day that's going to be a uh, remembrance and pop up day. So like more than happy to be here. This, this is great. Really kind of interesting how we met. I, I had posted a couple of my shows on LinkedIn and lo and behold, I got a, I got a message from one of your colleagues in the U.S. saying, hey, it's a, it's a really cool idea. You know, what do you think about, you know, coming on the show, talk about veterans? And, you know, here we are. And like I ask all my, my fellow veterans is if you would, especially for us Americans, kind of, you know, tell us about your military service. It'd be very interesting. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, that, my dad was military before me, so uh, that, I'm definitely informed some of my decision. But I was, as a kid, I was like 16 or 17. I was at school. I was finishing off school looking like, what do I want to do next? Do I want to go to university? Do I want to go into a job? And I was like, my dad's got some great stories about being in the military. Um, like he loved serving his country and uh, I moved around with him. And I, re I remembered fondly some of those years. So I was like, why not? Um, so uh, I went down to the the career center, and I was originally going in to do something uh, called avionics station. I wanted to I wanted to go in and get skilled, so uh, I wanted to uh, not just be running around shooting people, which arguably some people find fun. Um, but I was interested in like the trade side of the the military, um, and I went down and I did something the the military in the UK called the Barb test. Um, so this is a like a psychometric test, like tell me uh, what I'm good at and. Uh, I don't know whether it was because they just wanted to recruit people into the signals um, and they had a quota to hit, but he said that uh, I'd be well suited to join in the Royal Corps of Signals. He, he, um, he, didn't, he told you the truth about that? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, but um, like he did. Um, I went and I, obviously I, I got my results from the test. Uh, I went back and spoke to my dad. My dad was actually Royal Signals um, ahead of me, so... Uh, talked it out with my dad. He said, it's great. Like he told me all about the things I could kind of expect in that specific corp. Um, and that's what I did. Um, 2001, uh, I signed on that, that dotted line. Um, and my service started not long after. Um, and so I joined as a, a radio technician. So um, I'd always been interested in, in computers and IT and tech and electronics. Uh, so that's where I wanted to go and get my skills and uh, the first 12 weeks of basic training uh, were hell. Um, like I look back now and think like I look back fondly uh, on them now, but like during the time they were a brutal 12 weeks, um, like putting that discipline in, like working with each other. There's some early mornings or some late nights. Um, and then after that, things got a, a bit easier. Uh, I went to trade school, uh, which for me was a year. Okay. Uh, and they taught me uh, electronics. They taught me radio systems and specifically military radio systems, how to use them, operate, repair them. Um, and then like, so I served 50, just, just over 15 years total. And oh, wow. um, so I kind of went from um, like radio repair 
into communications, trunk comms, sat comms. From there, I went into networking. Um, like, and the, I don't know how it is in the US, but in the, the UK, you tend to move around like every two or three years. Right, right. You get posted to a different unit, um, pick up different skills, learn different things. Uh, so over the course of my years, I found myself in Germany and different parts of the UK. And, um, and yeah, so uh, in my final years, um, I'd gone through some technical skills and I kind of fell into cyber. Um, so I was uh, at a unit and we were specializing in uh, some trunk comms and some networking, uh, which we would deploy out in the case of uh, ECBRN, so chemical, biological, radiological attacks. Oh, wow. we, would de- we would deploy that communications to enable the gold commands, the silver commands um, of like the police force, the fire services, the uh, EOD, the ordnance disposal. So we would build the communication network, the secure military network that they would talk over. And that's where I kind of started to pick up some more cyber skills. Um, and then from there, I went over to the joint cyber unit in Corsham. Uh, which is where I really developed some some cyber skills, uh, nice. specialising in in malware reverse engineering, uh, packet capture analysis, and some really deep tech. This is also where I met my wife. Um, Outstanding. Uh, so um, yeah, just like uh, it's a, I always call it a funny story. But when I first moved uh, to the unit, uh, obviously I lived my life online at these points. I was deep into gaming and all sorts, and it was going to take them two or three weeks to install my internet. So I was like, well. <laughs> what do I do? It's like, do I go out into the real world? Uh, which I did. Um, and that's where I met my wife within those first couple of weeks of being at that unit. Uh, I met Emma. Um, and then uh, we got married um, and we set, we started to settle down. And then the, the military being the military, they're like, hey, your three years is nearly up. Uh, it's nearly time to, to send you packing somewhere else. So uh, we sat down, we talked it out and um, I took the ultimate decision to to end my service, which like was a difficult decision. Like it was arguably it was an easy decision. Like obviously I just met my wife. I didn't want to just uproot her. And um, yeah, and then uh, I've been out now for uh, it was 2014. I think I left. So I've been out a few years now. So what was it like transitioning for for us in the U.S.? It can be a very arduous process. Um, and they've gotten better with transitioning out from the military side to the civilian side, but there's still challenges. How's it, how's it like for, uh, you know, soldiers in the UK? Uh, terrifying. <laughs> um, it's, it's a 12 month process. So, what? um, for, 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 so I was in the army, obviously there are, uh, in the, in the UK, there's three services. You've got army, uh, air force and Navy, and they all are slightly different, but being in the army, it was 12 months notice. So I say, I want to leave and they go, sure uh 12 months time you can be gone and uh i mean if you go to any employer and say i want a job and they go great when do you want to start it's like 12 months they're like yeah okay come back to us closer to the time so you have this whole period of transition where like i know i'm leaving but i can't plan anything Uh, i don't know where that job's going to be so i can't look at housing i don't know um like any of that so those first few months like as it starts to to settle in and dawn on me that like i can't get a job yet which means i can't get housing yet terrifying um the the military they they have career transition workshops and right um they the, the military are quite good with their service leavers um so 
you get learning credits which you can apply uh, to do some like trade skills or some technical skills. They send you on courses, they'll fund those for you. And depending on how long you've served, uh, they will give you um, more of that. So I think I ended up with uh, a few thousand pounds worth of courses uh, and about 30 days worth of time that they said like you can take that on top of your leave uh, and you can use that to go and do any training you want. So they are reasonably good and they, um, like I said, they ran workshops helping me write CVs and all that kind of stuff. But it's just that that twelve month period is is quite a killer. So, so you transition out, and, and you know you're definitely moving into civilian life. You know, how did you get into your? I don't know. Did you get into a different job before this one, or how did that work? Uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, I was I was quite fortunate. Um, so I'd already traded. Uh, in some um, like technology skills and specifically in cybersecurity skills. Uh, And there's a, uh, well, there's a massive skills gap in these areas. And like everybody who's going into cyber knows that there are more jobs than there are people. So I was reasonably fortunate. Um, And I actually ended up going to a defense contractor uh, before I joined immersive. Um, So uh, yeah, did my interviews, handed my CVs out and uh, settled on a, a company that was reasonably local to me um, that I could commute to easily. Um, and uh, they had some, some really good options. And uh, because they were a defense contractor, they had some um, like military personnel already there, right? Uh, which meant that uh, it was going into a more familiar environment. Uh, so it wasn't quite going into, uh, Hey, you're not in the army anymore. There's still some, there were some vets alongside me who could, uh, could help me. But that, that, transition itself like going from like the military has a very special way of doing things like discipline is incredibly high Uh, and i think that's the thing i found the most challenging is uh like just turning around to somebody and saying hey i need this thing doing uh and that's yep sure not a problem uh and then a couple hours later you go hey have you done that thing you're like then no it's like (laughs) which what what do you mean no it's like i didn't i didn't realize you want to do it doing right now it's like well yeah uh, and then, like turning up to meetings on time, uh, like oh. the military is very much like. Isn't that there, something? Like, five Isn't that minutes. Something? Early. Right? Isn't that something, Kev? You're like, where? You're late. <laughs> okay, yeah, so not the only one. It's the meeting room, like cup of coffee. Sorry, I was just getting a cup of coffee. It's like I, I've been sat here for five minutes waiting for you. Um, so sure. I think those were the the hardest things for me to uh, adjust to. Um, I think are still the hardest things for me to adjust to now. I feel it. I feel it. So you, you go with this defense contractor and you start, you know, getting used to civilian life. And then you, you this, this fairly new company, not new, but you know, not like a Microsoft is immersive labs. How did, how did that come to fruition? Uh, so um, when I left the military, so I was a blue teamer. So I was heavily into the defensive side of cybersecurity. Um, and as I was at Leonardo, which is the, the company I was there, um, I started to learn some offensive techniques uh, and I started getting into uh, capture the flag challenges and it was fun. I was really enjoying it. Uh, and then I, I'd been there for about two years, starting to get the two year. It's like the military three year moving thing was still a thing that was into me. So it's like, I'm starting to like, just feel like this is just the norm. Um, so I was like, like, what's my next challenge? Like, where do I go to next? So I wasn't really looking um, but I was just like looking to see if anything interesting popped up. And I saw this advert 
uh, for somebody to come and join immersive labs uh, in Bristol uh, building Cap to the Flag Challenges. And I was like, I love Cap to the Flag Challenges. Like, I love playing them. Like, I, and I wanted to learn these skills. So uh, I went down and met James Hadley, who is the, the founder uh, and CEO of Immersive Labs. Um, and uh, this was in like October, November time. Um, so like late into the season. And uh, I, I just immediately fell in love with what James was building and what he was putting together. Um, so it wasn't a, a massively difficult decision for me. Three months later, uh, I found myself as in, I think it was employee number eight um, at Immersive Labs. So it was still very much a, uh, a startup. And again, this was terrifying for me. Um, I, the military for 15 years where job security is like super high uh, to go into a defense contractor where like life was arguably easy. And it's like, there's loads of job security there because there's a skill shortage and they're not going to start getting rid of people uh, to finding myself uh, interviewing in a shipping container uh, that had a couple of glass doors on the front uh, with a couple of wooden tables with like three or four other people. It's like, what have I kind of got myself into here? Um, like luckily, uh, my wife is very, very supportive. And she was like, like she could see that I was looking, I was looking for something new for some challenge. And so this is going to challenge you. She said like, if it doesn't work out, then like, I'm fortunate that I've got some skills I can fall back on. So, uh, I, I can always like look for other work she said so I'd rather you do this I'd rather you take the risk uh than be unhappy so uh I did uh and it'll be three years in January uh and like I don't regret uh, a single second uh of joining James so early in the company's life the work got interesting ladies and gentlemen is I like um Kev work in cybersecurity, and you know, I'm always getting bombarded with, you know, people who we'll get into what Immersive Labs does here in a second, but I'm always getting bombarded by people who do what you all do. And I get annoyed because I'm like, that's, that's not how you can sit there and, you know, you got to get experience to do what we do. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you remember that Kev said that, you know, he's, you know, like, like here, uh, cyber is a hard job to fill just for some perspective, Kevin. Um, sorry, Kev, <laughs> he prefers Kev, ladies and gentlemen is, you know, I'm reading about, you know, uh, cybersecurity in the UK and I was staggered by this number. Uh, this is from computer world. I'll have a link to it in the, uh, post, but it says that by 2022, there will be around 100,000 unfilled cybersecurity jobs in the United Kingdom. That's just the United Kingdom. And they, 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 they put it on a couple of different uh, conditions. And, and the primary one is simply people can't get trained fast enough to fill the, the jobs or, you know, can't get their experience level to get into the entry-level jobs. Is, would, would you say that's an accurate yeah it definitely is um like we see it all the time it's it's very much like chicken and the egg like um like and some companies will be like we want like so, i've seen some job adverts and they're asking for unrealistic kind of expectations right. in their jobs like you need 12 years worth of experience like cyber has cyber arguably isn't 12 years old like Thank when you. we look at it so 
So um, enter, enter immersive labs. Now this, this is where, and I've been waiting to get to this part. Tell, tell us what you all do, because it's really like different from the normal product offering. I, I, I'm sorry. I just want you to get to it because <laughs> I, 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 I was, I took it for a test drive and I'm like, wow. Yeah, so I mean, I'll I'll give you so like like I said, James Hadley, the the CEO and founder. So I'll give you a little bit of his backstory on like how the company came to be. Uh, so he was a former instructor for GCHQ. Um, okay. So that's the uh, the equivalent of like maybe the NSA and and stuff in here in the UK. Uh, so he used to teach their summer school. So like students um, and teenagers, he used to teach them cyber skills, and. Uh, he used to teach them like the same way that everybody did, like classroom-based training, um, like here's some PowerPoint, here's some books, like here's a... And he was like, there's, there's just got to be a better way. Like practical skills is what it's all about. Like wonderful, you can spend like a couple of years at university, you can come out with your cyber degree, but like can you actually apply that? And like I'm not... Like there are people who've gone and put degrees in and like I'm not underestimating the amount of work they've put in, um, but it's like practical skills accounts for so much more. So James was like, there must be a better way of doing this. So he started to build immersive labs and uh, what immersive labs is, is exactly that it's practical skills based um, like workloads. So um, like we'll drop you into an environment and we'll give you a real environment and say, Hey, go and prove you can do this thing. Uh, and we'll give you the, like the information you need to go and complete it. Um, but it's all very practical, very hands-on, like very experience driven. Um, and I think that's what I really fell in love with because I've done my fair share of SANS courses and certified ethical hacker. Oh, and like, I painful. mean, yeah, they're, they're expensive. Um, like I, don't worry, I, I really enjoyed the SANS experience. So going to the course and meeting people who were practitioners in the field, uh, that whole corridor con kind of vibe, um, but arguably the, the, the training material when you go on these courses is already out of date by the, by the time you get there. So I, I immediately fell in love with this, like staying incredibly up to date, just practical all the way. Um, and that's what Immersive Labs offers uh, as, its, as its core product. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, and this is what I run into is I run into, you know, potential candidates who are, are you know, on paper, much more educated than myself. But I'm like, well, tell me how to net use from a server to another server and that they have no idea how to do that. And they can't look at the server log and tell me why, you know, what kind of log on that is, for example, or explain to me how uh, a SQL injection works and they can rattle off the top of their head. But when you look at static code, they can't do it. And so it becomes extremely frustrating. And then to train them, or train your, 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 your teams and staff is a very, you know, difficult process. And it seems like, you know, you guys have, have narrowed that gap a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about like driving specific behaviors. So like, we don't care if you can tell me what port uh, HTTPS is running on. Like that's a Google. That's the thing you can Google. What I care about is can you effectively Google that answer? Like it's that research methodology. It's like, like I want you to get to point B. I literally don't care how you get there. All I want is that you can apply method. You can apply some learning. You can apply the techniques, the skills you've got, 
and work your way and navigate your way all the way to the end. And that's what our, our content really drives people towards. It's that I'm not going to tell you this is the only tool and the, the four commands that you can copy and paste out of this book to get the answer. Like, I want you to tell me how to net use onto this server. Here's a server. Here's another server with a command line. Go and figure it out. Like read the man pages, like figure that out. And just that act of doing that act of research, that act of like lateral thought, like for me and like arguably for a lot of people in cyber, that's how we learn. That's that act of doing that repetition of actually doing stuff rather than just copying and pasting something from a book. So can I ask a favor, Kev? Of course. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here on pins and needles. Is there a way you could like give us a little taste of what this thing can do? Uh, absolutely. Yes. yes. Well, folks, I'm way excited about this. Probably more than I should be, but I don't care because you don't understand the challenge. The struggle is real. And when you see this thing fire up, if you're, if you're in our shoes, you're, you're going to nod your head and be like, I think I found the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Uh, I, I'm just that excited. So I, I can't wait, Kev. You're going to see how this thing works. Uh, cool. Just need to. I, 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 yeah, I need to make you. I need to make him a presenter. I'm going to make him the host right now. We're doing all this live, folks, right now. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, let me grab the right thing to share. This is also first for Oscar Mike Radio, Kev. I mean, just a live in. Oh, look at this. Uh, so this is a, a nice empty dashboard. Um, but so when you get dropped in, you'll see. Uh, so we apply this uh, gamification uh, to the platforms, like driving engagement. Like we want to keep people interested. We want to keep coming, people coming back. Uh, so leaderboards, uh, so, you can, um, so you can see how you're comparing to other people, uh, like streaks and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, I wow. suppose like the meat of what we've got. So uh, I think... Uh, most labs we have about a thousand labs in total uh, wow. and we um like we write more i so i run a team of about 24 engineers and we're building uh, stuff out all the time um so if i just jump into something uh, so linux command line so um immersive labs isn't elitist like this isn't just for those who have spent like a decade in cyber like this is all about enabling people to build those skills like all the way from the ground up uh, so if we take a look at something like uh, moving around, so this is one of our introduction to Linux labs. Linux is a core part of cybersecurity. If you're doing like offensive stuff and arguably defensive tools as well, you, you need to know how to navigate around uh, a command line. Yep. Uh, and then, like I said, what we do here is we're actually going to drop you into a real environment and there's no shared infrastructure here. So you're not going to find like 20 other students in here with you. Uh, we're going to give you a nice, uh, clean virtual machine uh that's just for you uh, and there's you the here like there's no emulation here um there's like we're not pretending like this is the the real uh, linux environment uh and then this one we have some learning objectives we've got some learning outcomes um so we're gonna like we're gonna give you just enough information to get you going so like this is how you construct a command line this is how you add arguments uh this is how you cat a file but nowhere in here are you going to find the exact thing to copy and paste. That's, and this is what I love. I mean, when you, when uh, your colleague and we, before we got on this show and you showed me, I'm like, this is just like how I learned DOS back in the day was 
you know, trial and error, having to find answers before, way before there wasn't even dial up internet back in the day. Right. Kev, you just had to figure it out. <laughs> but this reminds yeah. me of how I learned DOS. It, this is fantastic. Uh, yeah. So um, like every question is designed to elicit a learning thing. So like, can you navigate directories? Can you read files? Uh, can you find hidden files? And the answers to these questions, you can only get them by completing the lab. Like you're not going to be able to Google these answers. Uh, they're not searchable. Oh, like you I'm, have to go and do the thing. You, you mean I can't just like, you know, have a split screen and be that that's gone. You've taken that away. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. So uh, like you have to go through this. Um, like the only way you can, the only way you can pass this is by uh, actually doing these things. So uh, let's see if I can embarrass myself by not completing the easiest of labs. Uh, so uh, hidden files. Uh, so uh, like the A file will show me, the A flag will show me that. Dot uh, CB seven five, uh, and then cat dot. Your lines is better than mine, by the way. Uh, two seven three six. Oh, oh almost. And and so I mean that I got that wrong. Uh, but that raised that raised the thing. Like we, you got it wrong. So what? Like we're not going to penalize you. We're not going to start subtracting points from you uh, by doing this. Like this is all about like uh, learning. And I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've learned the most by getting stuff wrong, smashing my face into a keyboard, and going like, "Why won't you work?" Yes. Yes. Uh, and then the the elation of uh, of finally getting that uh, that thing, solving it for myself. This um, is like a Call of Duty game when you get done with it, right? You got the yeah, you got, yeah, you got the achievement, or like yeah, Xbox game. Okay, I like this. Uh, yeah, exactly. So like we're we're really driving those behaviors. Like we want you to be coming back. Um, so th that's a, a really um, like for me, it's an introductory level lab. Uh, we've got stuff on a wide range of skills, so. Uh, whether you wanted to learn PowerShell, Snort, um, like packet analysis, uh, we've got things for all of these. Um, and we don't, they're not just Linux containers. We've got labs for Windows. We can drop you into a Windows environment, give you some real malware. It's like if you've ever seen Wanna, if you've never seen WannaCry and you actually want to get your hands on and play with it, like reverse engineer it, see how it works, uh, we can do that for you as well. So, Kev, I'm, 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 in, I'm in cyber heaven right now. I, I could totally just spend, you know, hours geeking out over this. This looks like a, um, this looks like a, um, like a Kali or Ubuntu build. Uh, yeah. So this is a desktop build that we use to do our, uh, is that there's a lot of places where it's like great um now all i need you to do is just download all these files great there goes my av deleting all the files uh, i need you to install all these tools i need you to have these specific requirements got elevate privileges then right uh we take all of that for you um so the only thing you need to access our labs is a modern browser so chrome firefox edge um like windows linux mac like doesn't matter just open a browser get to here um jump into these labs and start learning straight away it's like re reducing those barriers of entry uh, for people who are like impassioned to learn that's a, a key driver for the way we deliver this it would be really easy for us to go hey here's a pcaps here's questions like download wireshark yourself but actually let's make it safe for you let's give you everything you need and give you the best possible chance 
so that you're getting straight to the heart of the learning. You're not fighting with like, how do I set up these VMs? I need VMware player. I need commercial software like Burp and like, just let's do all that hard work for you so you can get right to the meat of it. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> Thank you. Well, no, I mean, I mean, you know, because when I say elevate privileges, uh, if I need to download Burp Suite, for example, I've got to either be an administrator, right? Or, you know, have a technician uh, tell me, allow me to run with elevated privileges. And so if I can't, if I, one, if I can download it, which content filtering blocks, then two, being able to run executable on my local workstation, which is blocked, which to me is good practice, but it, it, it's frustrating when you can't just jump right into the class. And it, it just seems like from my experience looking at this platform with you and Peter, that that has in fact been taken away. This is amazing. Yeah, and uh, so one of the things that we've done, I say recently, it's been over a year now. Uh, so we've mapped to NIST Nice. Uh, so oh, really? NIST Nice is all about like job roles and the required skills for each of those job roles. So it's mapping cyber skills to cyber roles. Uh, so we've done the same thing. Like we've taken our content and we've gone like, where does it align to these NIST Nice roles? It's like great. Like if you want to be a, a tier one SOC analyst or a junior pen tester, like these are the skills. So we've created those objectives uh, and uh, you can come here, you can uh, like have a look at this uh, SOC tier one analyst. We can see uh, exactly what's here. So there's just under eight hours worth of training. Uh, I'm 2% of the way through this one, um, but here's a load of skills um, and a load of practical techniques and experience that I can pick up. And I suppose we'll talk about the academy shortly, but to the point you said earlier about um, how you've got people who have, like gone and they've gone done degrees and they've sat courses, but do you know if they can do the job or not? So we wanted to take that premise and go, well, we can tell you now. So we introduced this idea of a jobs board, uh, but it's a difference with the job board. So you can see, so we've got a job listed for uh, somebody to come and join us as a principal content engineer. So uh, there's the job requirements, but here, here's a list of practical labs and that apply button doesn't work until you've completed all of those labs at which point you've proven that you've got those technical skills so like i'm removing all of that bias so i don't care about you as a person i care about you as your skill set this allows you to prove and demonstrate those skills put your application in and then we can go great like you meet like you can do that job like you, you by passing these exams you can do that job so it removes that a lot of that cognizant bias That, that, that is a very different approach, but it, it makes sense. I mean, I want to see if you can, you know, do the function that you're actually say you can do, and this validates it. So uh, this even has, does this have applications for onboarding as well? Uh, yeah, you could do like, well, so we use our platform internally. So uh, when we're onboarding new staff, we've got a load of like internal training material. We've got a load of internal policies. Uh, they're all delivered uh, via our platform. Uh, so that when people join up, they, uh, they go through this process and it helps familiarize them with our product, um, but also gives them the stuff they need in a slightly more fun and engaging way than just reading through a uh, hundred PDFs on a SharePoint site somewhere. Well, one of the things being like a CISSP or having any kind of, uh, you know, industry accepted certification is the continuing education credits. So do, if I take classes here, can those apply toward uh, proving that you've, met your uh, training requirements for the year? 
so yes and no. Uh, okay. So uh, at the minute, you can come to my profile and I can generate a report and I can download this activity report. Uh, and that will give me a breakdown of all the things I've done and uh, how many points I've earned. Um, so at the minute, in order to register for CPEs, uh, you need to have the time involved. Right. Uh, and we're doing a piece of work right now, uh, which is adding the time taken uh, into this report. So you can absolutely use these for continuous pre uh, professional education. Uh, you can complete, um, so I think it's one point, uh, I think our category is one point for every hour uh, that you've spent uh, on the platform. Um, so you can see that SOC tier one analyst uh, was eight hours. So you'll be able to get yourself uh, eight CP credits uh, by completing that objective on our course. Uh, and we'll give you the, the PDF report to be able to download uh, and trade that in for your CP credit. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, like enabling that for, for our users is key. So that's a real value add, not only for a company, but also for the practitioner to, you know, attest to what they've done, man. This is just, <sighs> wish we had all day to look at this. <laughs> well, um, sh yeah. So it, we, is there an Academy you mentioned an Academy function? I just want to make sure I didn't miss, miss that. Uh, yeah. So obviously immersive labs is a commercial product. Like, um, like we're in this to, to make money and we sell this to, to our clients, but we also recognize, uh, that there are, uh, groups of people, um, that would benefit from, from free access to some of our content. So we created what we call our digital cyber academies. And the first academy we created was our digital cyber academy for students. So if you're in full-time education uh, anywhere in the UK, and this actually applies to the US as well. So if you're in full-time education in the US uh, with a university email address, you can get free access to a portion of Immersive Labs. Oh, wow. Um, so like we wanted to uh, like enable that for for people who were trying to to come up and learn this stuff um and then after shortly after we launched the digital cyber academy uh we as i was talking to james we were talking about like how we could extend on that and like a veteran cyber academy for military vets was just the next logical conclusion like i've been through this pain myself um and James, um, with his, he's not military, but he's got a civil servant background. So he's seen some of this as well. He's worked with people in that industry. And obviously like vets, um, arguably like we're more disciplined. Um, like we've got a lot more experience and we're used to like working in some tough, high pressure situations. And like, I'm not going to lie, uh, working in cyber, sometimes it can get quite high stress. Just a bit, just um, a bit. And, um, and we've seen like lots of people like struggle to transition uh, and we wanted to do something to help. So we opened the veteran cyber Academy uh, and we actually partnered with a UK company called tech vets. Um, so uh, we partnered with them. Uh, we gave them um, a few thousand licenses in a couple of different tranches uh, and said like, um, like we want to enable vets who are transitioning um, who are in that process of leaving and wanting to get into uh, into cyber, uh, but maybe they don't have all those background, they don't have all those skills, uh, and they don't have two years to go to university to learn them skills, uh, then we can come here and we got sponsored jobs from some uh, large high profile companies who would come in and say like, so we have the a thing called the military covenant in the UK, you sign up to the military covenant to say that you're like you're actively going to, to be recruiting uh, veterans and, and things like that. So 
uh, we got some jobs for people who would uh, go onto our jobs That's board. Amazing. Um, uh, and then, like I said, we we gave uh, th- a few thousand licenses out to tech vets and said, "You've got vets who are transitioning," because they had that relationship with the military already. Uh, so it's like, if you've got vets that are transitioning uh, and they want to get into cyber, give them a coupon code. Um, that gives them, I think, there's almost two hundred. Uh, cyber skills all mapped to nice nice job roles uh, specific to cyber careers like give them out like it's all free there's uh, no strings attached all right so let's let's quit sharing your screen get back to normal mode i want to follow up on that 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 that, because that's uh, that's uh it's fantastic so what now this is if i understand correctly though just to caveat this this is available to veterans in the united kingdom only right now uh yeah so um like sadly, so it does obviously come at a cost to us. So we do have uh, companies that sponsor the academies um, and they absorb that cost and we partner with them. Um, so uh, yeah, sadly at the moment, it is only available to uh, vets in the UK. Uh, we are we always look at ways we can extend that out into other territories. Uh, we're heavily expanding our offering into the US. Uh, so, but sadly at the minute, it is just UK veterans. Well, I mean, I mean, sadly, yeah, but on a good way, it, it's just really interesting to me because, you know, one of the things in veterans advocacy in the U.S. has talked about is how can companies, you know, advocate for veterans? You know, I, I hear that a lot from CEOs and, and business owners is like, I don't I don't run like a private defense contracting firm. I'm not into any kind of military, you know, business. How can I do this? And you know, I, I've got to say, it almost seems like you, by virtue of your service and your experience, you were able to help build this. So, yeah, it's for the UK right now, but it's also an example that it can work. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to follow up with this question is, what's it like when you have one of your fellow, you know, countrymen, one of your fellow veterans, use the platform and get those skills? Have you had somebody come back and say, hey, I was a veteran. I may not have been in cybersecurity, may not have done this, but I used your platform was able to get that job, a job that's needed. Yeah, no, it, it's like, for me, it's it's great. And I, I've had people that have gone through that process um, and I still have people that are going through that process. So uh, a friend of mine that I, I used to serve with, um, like he'd always been interested in tech, uh, but he was a physical training instructor. Uh, and that's what he did in the military. Like he was uh, running me ragged round trees and fields for, for several hours a day. That's what he loved. That's, that's the bit he loved. So, um, and obviously like COVID-19 is a, a thing we're all struggling with. And like people who are like personal trainers at gyms, like they're struggling um, in times like this. And he'd always, he'd always had a keen interest in, in tech. So uh, he's now starting to to look at how he can transition, not necessarily into cyber, but maybe into a more technical role. And like our platform, like whilst it is like mainly towards cybersecurity, we're still teaching core networking concepts uh, and like things like of that nature. So uh, he's now actively using uh, our Veterans Academy. Uh, he's upskilling and um, like he's loving it. And uh, I don't doubt he's not too far away from from having the confidence in his own skill set uh, to be able to go and start applying for for some technical jobs. So, uh, yeah, no, it's like it's really heartwarming. Like when you hear these stories, it's like that's that's a thing that like the company that I work for uh, has enable to happen. So for me, like super proud for uh, 
to be working at a company that has that kind of motivation that continues to to offer this uh, knowing that this thing just costs us money to run um but we're still willing to to always have it there and it's been there for uh like i said i've been with the company for three years this launched within the first year of me joining so it's been up for for a few years and uh with uh with all things being equal it'll be there for a few more years yet absolutely absolutely uh you know i think the thing that um resonates with me is you know sometimes you know me and my fellow countrymen forget there's a big world out there i mean it's <laughs> it, it's it's well the united states is is a big place uh but it's it's really you know heartening to hear that hey you know people in other services other countries you know go through the same transition challenges that we go through and then to learn that a company like yours decide from the from pretty much from what i'm hearing day one to do this for veterans you know means that there's other people out there not just in the u.s not just you know in my state who understand the value that we provide and that's kind of the cool thing right now kev is you know we are both veterans but we both understand the challenges how can how can a veteran in the united kingdom uh, and, and that's is that educate me here because I'm, I'm going to maybe show my ignorance when I see, think of the United Kingdom, I think of, you know, Great Britain, Scotland, and, and Wales, and, and and it's not Ireland. Ireland's its own country. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. So those, those territories are part of the United Kingdom. Am I, did I miss one? Uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. I got, I was like pretty much right then. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So if you're a veteran that served in, in those areas, how do you get in contact with Immersive Labs? What's the process? Uh, so the the easiest probably the easiest way to get there is uh, one of two ways. Like I said, uh, we've partnered uh, with a company called Tech Vets. Tech Vets. Okay. Uh, so if you go to Tech Vets or if you go to vets.immersivelabs.online, uh, you'll find um, the details there. So vets.immersivelabs.online, uh, they'll tell you what the academy is. They'll tell you how to get in contact either with us or with Tech Vets. Um, awesome. But that's the that's the best way to to get hold of us. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I'll, ladies and gentlemen, I'll have the links. You're, you're going to see some of the links scroll down here below us during the, the show. And you're going to have the links in the uh, post everywhere when we, when this drops, um, you know, you'll notice Kevin that I had um, on, on for this conversation, the poppy and we're dropping this uh, technically on November 12th, which is after Veterans Remembrance Day. But a lot of people don't understand what the poppy means to uh, people uh, who, who serve, especially in United Kingdom, this is a day of remembrance for you and me, right? Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, like, and the the poppy is a, a key component of the the Remembrance Day, uh, like ceremonies and festivals for for us here in the UK. It's a, it's the it's almost like the the centerpiece. Uh, it's that that one symbol that that brings everybody together in that act of remembrance. So yeah, the poppy is is really important for us on this day. It, it was really huge to me because I'm like, oh, oh my God, we're, we're, this worked out to where we're doing this for uh, Veterans Slash Remembrance Day. And, and you know, I, I've met some people, you know, in downtown Boston who had the poppy on and I shook their hand. And, you, you know, it's, it's a time where, you know, for a lot of veterans, and I'm sure in the UK where COVID-19 has had an adverse effect on them from being isolated and 
being through this, uh, has that affected, you know, anybody over there that you know at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's like, I, I've been very fortunate that I've had, um, I've had a really good military experiences, but obviously we know that there are people who have had some like really bad, uh, experiences, uh, either in combat zones or just in the, the nature of the work they do. Um, and uh, those people need support. So we're talking like post-traumatic stress and, and other mental uh, like illnesses. Like COVID-19 has impacted them like significantly, um, like that isolation, that not being able to get to the support networks they need um, has, been, has been brutal. But, um, and the, uh, the poppy appeals and things like that, they raise money for oh, really? that kind of awareness. Uh, and I, we've already seen here in the UK that, uh, so one of the ways that they do this every year is their like, veterans uh, are out on the street, they're selling poppies uh, and they're raising money and all that money goes into uh, like these kinds of appeals. Uh, and because there's less traffic on the streets, because there are less people willing to go up, I think we're definitely going to see that they're going to get hit a little bit harder. That, that money that they bring in every year to help veterans uh, is going to be a little bit smaller this year. So, I mean, I've already started seeing initiatives coming up uh, to try and drive that forward. Uh, it's not all about money. Like, it's like the act of remembrance, like remembering those who, who paved the way for us, um, like who, who gave us the world, the, the, the freedoms that we, we take for granted today. Um, like, um, like, it's our, our fathers and our father's fathers that, that gave this for us. So, um, like regardless, I think it's really key to, to remember those. Well, it's just been a really special time talking with Kev, Kevin, Kev Breen from Immersive <laughs> Labs. Um, folks, he's an Iron Maiden fan too, which is just, you know, yes, check that box. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm going to have all the contact information for Immersive Labs, for tech vets and the programs in the post. So if you serve your country in uh, the, the United Kingdom and you're looking to get into this field, is definitely needed. You can reach out and, and start learning at your own pace and we'll get those skills. Um, you know, I want to close, you know, we talked about this, but I want to close out this 212 this way, if I can, Kev, um, you know, just for a second. And, um, you know, I, I watched 1917, you know, I, I've read about uh, World War One. Um our countries were enemies at one time, absolutely. But now, you know, the Great Britain is one of our strongest allies. And regardless of that, it's, it's the fact that we both served and we were both trying to advocate for veterans in our own way. And it's just an amazing story. And I want to see you grow. So, you know, as, as my British colleagues say, cheers, my mate. Cheers. Uh, so I, I just, I, I just have one really funny story sure. um like working working with the americans um uh so i was i was either 19 or 20 i don't remember which in fact i have the challenge going in front of me so i was either 19 or 20 uh, and i was on a multinational exercise uh, and i was the tech liaison uh, to the americans and it was my 19th and i'm a i'm a military vet i'm a squaddy so i am out and i am drunk and i am very very badly drunk on my birthday uh, and I get back and uh, my friends who I'm out with uh, decided that the best thing they can do to celebrate my birthday is to remove every hair from my body um, and this is in the middle of the exercise so I wake up like pretty rough and I, I was like head eyebrow eyebrows are gone hair's gone like it's oh my god 
Um, and then the next day, um, I had to go in front of Colonel Randerson, who's a, a military colonel. Um, and he was who I was lazy to. And I like knock on the door, like walk in, salute. It's like, what happened to you? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, but and then so uh, he, he turned around and he nicknamed me Chemo Baby Kev. Um, <laughs> and that unfortunately is what stuck for the entire duration, the next two weeks of that exercise. And in the, uh, in the notes that went into the, the military magazines, uh, it was a uh, corporal chemo baby, Kev Breen. Uh, oh my God. Americans. Your mates really hooked uh, you up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Colonel Anderson, like if you're listening to this, like uh, thank you for that name. Uh, it stuck with me for, for a little, a little bit of time after that exercise. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I'd forgotten about that story until, uh, until he said that. So, uh, sorry for the segue, but it was, no, uh, it was no, a- <laughs> no, it, it, because that's people, it, it's part of the thing about people that lots of people understand it is, you know, only in the military would your, your buddies who will, will, will do that to you one day, <laughs> you know, fight for you the next day and, and they don't understand it, but I can totally see that happening. And, you know, <laughs> maybe I'd even help. <laughs> what's, what's I up? have no doubt. Yeah, it's right? that, that work hard, play hard attitude uh, in the military is 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 massive. But yeah, it's like, I yeah, I. It's funny how stuff like that sticks, though. Like <laughs> of all the things, right? That sticks. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was it. Just like, so it was. It was an interesting two weeks for sure. Well, I, I certainly enjoyed getting to talk with you. I certainly love the platform from a practitioner standpoint myself and somebody who has to, you know, coordinate training for my team. I, I love your story and I hope, you know, you see this and we'll consider coming back on to talk about how immersive is moving forward. And, and you know, again, if you're a veteran who served in the United Kingdom, you're looking to get in cyber, there's a hundred thousand jobs needed you know, this is a good place to start because it's, it, it's, it's given to you as an opportunity to, you know, improve yourself. So Kev, thank you so much for your time. And um, as we say in Hawk, missile in flight, we're mission in flight. Thank you very much. Thank you.